The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. I hope I'm saying that correctly. I believe you are. Uh, this is an interesting book because it has one of the highest revision counts. And it's a, it's, I think it's still, he doesn't know how many times he drafted this novel, but it's, it's upwards of a dozen drafts. I did not know this. Many, many, many drafts. This is why it took so long for a Wiseman's Fear to come out and why it's taking so long for the third una- yet-to-be-named, I believe it's yet-to-be-named novel to come out. Um, well, I mean, the name is the most important part. Well, he's kind of written himself into a place where he's got it's got to have a good name. The first two have great names. Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear are really good names for a series. And the King Killer Chronicles kind of has a nice, like, alliterative ring to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I'm far enough into, is it A Wise Man's Fear or, yeah. Yeah, A Wise, yeah, I don't know if it's A or the, I'm not far enough into it yet for the title to make sense yet. Yeah, no, that's, I can't wait to talk about A Wise Man's Fear uh, because, that is a sharp turning point in in storytelling. Maybe that's not the right way to say that. It's just, I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting turn for the whole series. But we're talking about the first book, Name of the Wind, and we have <laughs> what strikes me, and this is like something I've been trying to like hold back talking about is. There's a balance between prose and storytelling in all of writing, I think, no matter whether it's nonfiction or fiction and of all all its various genres. And this book has one of the, for me, one of the biggest, it's not unbalanced because it's perfectly balanced because of how much the story bugs me and how much I love the writing. Now, and you're looking at me like, why does the story bug you? Is that, is that, is that the, is that the question you're asking? Kind your face of. is asking? Okay. I'm more so wondering why you read so much into this stuff. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, why? Well, why read it all if you're not going to obsess about it? That's not true for everybody, Jay. I know. I'm not also not trying to make fun of you by any means <laughs> to each their own. But we've had this conversation in the past where I literally just told you I'm just along for the ride. Right. Right. I think so reading is one of those pure joys for me because I can engage all of the parts of my brain that catastrophize everything else um, like in my life. But when I do it with books and writing, it, all of it's fun. It's all fun. I can hate a book and it's still fun because I like finding all the different things I hate about it. Did that with the first time I read Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. The, oh, man. That's about a minute. Yeah. The first time I read the first Narnia book, I hated it. Hated it. That's not the first one. The first one is The Magician's Nephew. Whoa. You're right. You're right. But I hated those books. Fair. And I, and I I felt like something was wrong with me because everyone in my circle loved those books. The allegory stuff and everything like that. But I, I don't know. They just didn't work for me. I need to go back and reread them because I think I was too young and too narrow, narrow-minded. The same thing happened with this book. 
I used to not really care for the writing in this book either. When I first read it, I was, well, how, how would you say? I had romantic arrested development. I'll say, <laughs> I'll put it that way. I, <laughs> I was, I was in my very early twenties. I had read the book. Uh, I had had several failed romantic endeavors and this book just annoyed me. It annoyed me so much because of how, uh, how easy, not easy, but how naturally Dina and, and Kavoth sort of come together and how dis- I still don't think that's how his name is pronounced. We should probably find out. We should find out. Yeah, oh. we should, we, we really need to find out. Let's see. I want, I want you to keep that, that thought trail going in a second, but you were the one that sent me that video with Patrick Rothfuss and what, yeah, Kvoth. and he said it differently. Yeah. So we need to figure out. Lo- lovely. How, it's the first suggestion. Kvoth pronunciation. Lovely. Did you mean lovely? Is that what you meant? Yeah. That's funny. What did I say? Did I not say that? No, that's just funny. Lovely. Yeah. That's nowhere close. Okay. Uh, it's the first, it's the first, uh, let's see. I guess we could just, we just, we're just gonna we're play just, this. Just play it. <laughs> Jared is making the best faces of realization right now. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Say it again. Kavoth. I thought you were, I thought you were saying Kavoth. No, I've never said Kavoth. I'm very proud of myself. I'm also for, proud of you. For, um, for, for to, right. to be fair, so it is Kvoth, but to be fair, in that specific video you sent, mm-hmm. he said Kvoth one time, and he just ever so lightly hit that V. It almost wasn't there. Hmm. So how, how when you were reading it, how did it, how did it read to you? I, yes, I've just, I've always read it in my brain as Kvoth. Hmm. And I still read it that way, even knowing it is not correct. But there is a part in this book, which I'm going to try to find, but there's a point in this book one time that it never happens again, where his name is spoken. And then it says, sounds like. Right. Sounds like this. Yeah. I can't remember. What's the word that I they know. Use. I'm trying to find it. I don't want notes it's, and highlights. It's like the first two pages or something like it's that. It's not, though, because that's all of, that's all the introduction of the innkeeper. This is this does not happen until oh, he's you're telling right. his story and he's you're a right. child. You're right. You're right. While you're looking that up. I'm just going to say the setting of the story. This is like one of those books where it's like, oh, it's really cool because it's all of the it's the letters between all of the characters that they wrote to each other. Like a, a story like being told that way. It's one of those that you aren't actually along for the real ride. You're along for Kvoths or Kvoths. You're along for his uh, retelling of it. Which is why the name is so is so great. The King the King Killer Chronicles is actually a thing that exists within its own universe. You, the 
chronicler is actually writing these chronicles he's writing them down but you're not actually reading his inscription you're hearing you're basically hearing yes. it being told to you exactly and this is so this is my conspiracy theory and this is a shared conspiracy theory many people believe this, this. is not in the outline it will. It, it's not in the outline. <laughs> we're skip, please, we're, we're all over the place. I want to. I want to hear your con, your conspiracy. I think. Theory. I think Kavoth is lying out of his butt, and I think almost nothing you're reading, other than the Chandrian uh, killing his family, okay. and him going to the academy, mm. and a couple other things. I don't buy anything he has said about Denna. I think that that is like a completely different. And the reason I say this is, as a guy, we are very encouraged by our egos to lie about our past, when it comes, especially when it comes to women. And you can, this is as easy to understand as knowing how many, <laughs> how many orgasms men ascribe to their own skill versus how many actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you think that she's real? I don't know. I, really? I don't know if she's... I don't know if she even exists. I've, I, I've never heard of this theory before. But if I wanted to humor it, which I will, I would say that they did meet when they were on the wagon together yes, from yes. Tarbian to Emir. That's where they were going, mm -hmm. right? They did meet there. And then they either never saw each other again. Yeah. Or he did indeed see her around a lot and did go looking for her all the time. They mm -hmm. just never spent any more time together. I I was in an unrequited love situation when I first read this book. So reading like reading his portrayal of just being this like uh, this kid who's almost baffly uh no, he's not, because he's super competent. He's not. He's not ignorant or anything. Not in like the way that. of women. Hmm. Not in the way of women. In the way of women, but everything just works out. All the women he meets just like him. He's just one of those guys. And the, here's a problem. Here, here's the problem. Here's why it struck me so badly. Because during this time, my early twenties, this is when a lot of guys have the "why girls only date assholes" or whatever, like the that sure. whole thing, and. What you eventually and where you eventually inevitably will end up is uh, some dudes just have that energy about them. Some dudes just have it. They don't have to work at it. And women gravitate towards them. The same thing happens with women. And back then I was too hurt to be fair about this. It's just like it's one of those like perspectives that you have that's just jaded and wrong. But you have it nonetheless. And it colors everything else you experience until you mature and grow and you know, learn that, you know, things happen and you don't always have the cognitive tools to appropriately categorize it and archive it. But at the time, everything that happened with Kavoth and any female was infuriating. And I couldn't help but be like, I'm not hearing the story. I'm hearing a dude talk about himself mm. when he's around women. So any, so he's not gonna, he's not gonna tell, because he even says, "I need a few days before I tell you this story." So it's not the organic story anyway. It's him going over. It's okay, okay. Okay, what am I gonna say here? What am I gonna what say here? What am I gonna hey, say there? Yeah. Oof, that was really embarrassing. Right. How can I fix that? Because because 
his his life is a this a great triumph off, off of this great off of this even greater tragedy you could say but i think about the scrail him fighting off the scrail mm-hmm. and now to be fair he didn't have a lot of tools at his disposal but the fact that he only took an iron rod and basically pelted them to death and a giant fire and a giant fire but he had very like what he's able to do on the fly when that room is boiling like when he's about to die not only not only does he save himself he also saves i can't remember her name but it's supposed to an f can't yeah i cannot remember what her is name. her name it's inconsequential that's the problem he saves this inconsequential woman's life and then she basically serves to be a thing to to arouse D- Dina's jealousy later on, that that basically becomes her her only purpose. Kelsey has a visitor. I do. Fre- Hi, Freckles baby. has Freckles has, has wo- just she has woken up. She's woken her, up from her she, deep sleep. Don't oh no, face. Freckles, that's not that's rude. <laughs> but okay, so but to be fair though, can you <laughs> Freckles? Can you just? You can stay there. Just stop breathing. <laughs> stop touching. You have to stop. I'm sorry. I can't. She's so cute. I know. Okay, but to, to be fair, unless he lied about his entire childhood or big pieces of it, <laughs> unless he was un- untruthful there too, he is generally just a very competent person. Yes. Trained in a myriad of different skills mm-hmm. because of the childhood that he had and the people yeah. that they ran, ran into along yeah. the way. So who's to say he, I mean, who's to say he, he didn't figure out That's true. how to do all of and, that. And when he's talking about his childhood, he's talking about training uh, when he's first training in alchemy and doing the basic stuff because uh, because his mentor doesn't want to teach him the, he doesn't want to teach him naming because, mm-hmm. and and he does go ahead and tell that first, um, that first bafflement with with the first time he tries to call the win and he almost what kills an idiot and almost kills himself. <laughs> right. But so there's reason there are plenty of reasons why my theory can be and is likely wrong, but. But at the same time, the author chose to make this story a certain way. And it's not like he's shy of writing like real things that happen. And I think of I think of when whenever <laughs> whenever Chronicler tries to bind um uh, Bast. Yeah, whenever he tries to bind Bast towards towards the beginning of the book. Yeah. There are real real things that actually happen that are irrefutable in the book. Done from kind of a third person, omniscient narrator perspective. Yes. But I have the sneaky suspicion that we're dealing with one of the biggest unreliable narrator stories of all time. Well, I guess we'll find out. We will find out. In 10 more years. 10 more years. I have the misfortune, in this conversation, I have the misfortune of having read A Wise Man's Fear that only solidifies my... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know how far I am into that because I stopped, so, but not not, not that far. At what point when you were reading the book were you you like, oh, this this is something else? 
Like this is unlike most of the books I've read are one thing, and this is like like in another tier. It took a minute because it's very slow start. It's a big book. It's a very slow start, mm-hmm. but actually after reading what I have of the second book and then going back to reread the first book, I have a bigger appreciation for the slow start because there's little hidden nuggets mm-hmm. in that beginning mm-hmm. that when you've never read it, you just you glaze right over them and then oh, you yeah. don't remember them later. High fantasy has, this is a feature of high fantasy. Well, yeah, I'm just now learning this. <laughs> so like how in the beginning of the book, it basically tells you that Bast is a demon. Right. It tells you. Right. But you don't know. You still don't get it. Yeah. I didn't get it anyways. I knew, here's the thing. It's so funny because my experience with this genre, Bast wasn't human from the first few sentences that I was introduced to him. And I, I I get that now. I thought he, what I thought he was, I thought he was like a forest uh, fertility kind of thing. That's what I yes. thought. That's basically like, cause he has like cloved hooves. Did you say forest fertility? Forest fertility, fey creature type thing. I didn't know. And, the, and here's the thing. So when I'm reading a book and this is, this is going to annoy you because you, again, you said you're along for the ride. I start thinking, all right, are we dealing with Nordic lore? Is this oh more Greek God. inspired or is this, uh, this that's, <laughs> that's probably how Megan reads books too. <laughs> I actually kind of feel bad for you guys. You shouldn't feel bad. It's really fun. It's really fun. Good. I believe you. It's really fun. Here's the thing. My favorite, uh, current favorite book series is, I have no, like, he's drawing, he, it's little tiny things from so many different places that I can't say, this is more Eastern inspired, sure. this is more, you know, um, that's the way of Kings for all those curious. Um, and the Wheel of Time is really cool. I can't tell you why because it spoils a huge part of the it's book. Fine, but it's it, it has to do with its inspiration and and then then you have this book, and I d- still don't know. It's very heavily al- like the magic system is very heavily uh, inspired by alchemy and uh, like Italian like in like uh, Italian philosophy, but I'm not sure. Or I guess I should say Mediter- Mediterranean philosophy, but I'm not sure like exactly. Patrick has a lot of original takes on a lot of ideas, which is one of the things that I really like about the book. And then when I realized that I was dealing with something different was when he was, when he first got into Kvothe telling his story and how easily the story transitioned from, because if you get stuck thinking I'm literally listening to a guy tell another dude, his his life story. I mean, and I the, didn't. Yeah, no, you don't get stuck there, but you could. I feel like, and this maybe this was maybe this was solved somewhere in draft number nine or draft number ten, or something like that. Since, which is it's just crazy that he had so that many is drafts. So many. But, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. The the wordsmith, not wordsmithing, because it doesn't. But the just like the word placement, the word structure, the writing is probably the best that I've experienced, but I haven't read, I haven't read that many books. Uh, so, and a lot of them are translations and translations are never good. 
I yes the 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 just the level of writing is incredible and I think that for a long time that's what carried me through the book it wasn't even necessarily my own interest in what was going on it was just it was so well written and interesting enough and it flowed really well that I was like well I'm not bored so I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna stop reading yeah um and it was like I remember it progressively not that not that the book was necessarily progressively getting better but I was progressively appreciating it more Mm -hmm. or both combined but it wasn't actually until the last 15 percent of the book that I was hooked oh okay that's interesting I the first time I tried to read this book I did not finish it I made it I made it to um to him earning his talents and stopped because I was like I do not care I do not care about this dude who just like had one bad thing happen that's and that's the thing that's that's why I tribute he had one bad thing happen to him <laughs> he has a myriad of bad things happen to him so many bad things like after that it's just nothing but misery for years <laughs> yeah he's had so many loots yeah. stolen yeah and smashed oh. so many times he has he's been all... beat to a pulp yeah for no reason he's like his family dies he he drags himself to the nearest city to basically almost have his life taken from him yeah the so, first day he's there the first day he's there um and i didn't so i i had a do you know what mary sue characters are yes I, that's what I thought Kavoth was. I, far from. Far from it. He is highly, highly competent. And it seems unearned sometimes only because... Only because things come so easily to him once he once he devotes his crazy intellect to something. But this is he's kind of like a Da Vinci character in that sense. But I know people in real life like that yeah so he's he's basically mozart or da vinci or any any of the other like fundamental mathematicians or something like that that were so bored with normalcy that they just elevate it to because in in during the renaissance in order to be one of the people that you whose name you know you had to be way Hypercompetent people succeed today if you're in the 70th percentile or above. If you're in that percentile, you're going to do fine. As long as you're not completely lazy and a worthless like piece of crap, then you're probably going to be fine. Back then, to order to rise above, to, to like not just be relegated to being a scribe, it's like, oh, you don't screw things up. Here, you're going to write you're going to write copies of books for the rest of your life because you're that's what you get for your competency. And we're we're essentially being taken along the ride along for the ride as Kavoth, one of the mirrors to these to these um, Renaissance era savants. He's so dominant in so many facets of life, though, that it is still a little annoying. I I think <laughs> he goes through enough bad things that are just out of his control. But they're not usually him screwing up. I will agree with you there. He he and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just at my it's like my taste. I like my characters to be a little bit more flawed in and of themselves, not just the world's doing bad things to me. Um, yeah, I mean, in the story I've read so far, 
about Kvothe's life, not, like you said, none of it is his fault. Mm-hmm. Like, we've gone from him being a small child to now he is uh, 16, 16, I think, I think by the end of the first book. So at least like eight to ten years from the time that he started telling he's 11 i think at the beginning of the book is he 11 i think so it's been a minute okay so 11 so it's been five years yeah nobody doesn't fuck up in five years (laughs) (laughs) especially at that age (laughs) especially that no matter how um again not doubting his competency Mm -hmm. and just his uh his people skills his performance skills out, it, all of it. He yeah. was taught very well for since he was a baby. Mm-hmm. But people make mistakes. People make mistakes. But people who are who are concerned much about their own image might be encouraged to gloss over those mistakes or deem them inconsequential while or, telling a story. While telling a story. Got you. Right. I'm tracking with you now. The the so this is and this is one of those things where. It's like, oh, he, like every the blame for everything that happens to him can be diverted. I mean, you can start with the Chandrian. Obviously, that's the that's the right. that's the initial like call to action, so so mm-hmm. to speak. This story doesn't really have that hero arc like f- that's derived directly from, say, like the Odyssey or something like that. So I couldn't. It might still. It's not over yet. It might still. I mean, so far your... he's still going up. So I have, I have a talent and a curse. I'm going to tell you my talent and curse. Okay. My talent and curse is predictions. I've successfully predicted the ending of several books that I've started. Uh, the first one I was just flat out, like I was really wrong. Was is Elantris, which is at the top of that, near the top of that stack. That horizontal stack of I books. I saw it immediately. Uh, Elantris is was the first time when I when I started to be like, oh, I should read way more before I just start telling people I can predict anything or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, but that being said, I nail almost every Netflix series I start. Every Netflix series I start, give me 30 minutes. Give me 30 minutes of material, and I can be like, this is probably going here. And it's a curse because it ruins it for you. It ruins, yeah, it ruins stuff for me. See, that's why I like just being along for the ride, Jared. I know. I know. I wish I could could do it. Okay, so. I I don't think. We're just polar opposites here, and both of these things are out of our control. Well, so these are, I think this is why. We're going to step off of, I guess, the name of the wind for a second. I want to switch to Mistborn just for a second. Ooh, this, good luck. This this series. Well, I remember you saying that the protagonist of that story was boring for you. Yes. That I Vin, actually cannot even remember her name at this Vin, moment. Vin. Vin, uh, the street urchin. Mm-hmm. The street urchin turned hero of ages. Yes. Um, she's actually not the hero of ages. Says it is. but uh, <laughs> I bawled. <laughs> the end the end of I nailed the end of that series. With Say Z and everything. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. I am so not, happy I didn't. Yeah. Not the not the particular events taking place. Sure. But particularly um Ellen also dying. I didn't get that one. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think Ellen was gonna die. Uh, I thought Vin was gonna die, and I thought Sazed was going to. The second I met Sazed, I was like, "There's something else going on here," uh, and it took me a little bit longer after that. But I, it was awesome. But the thing is, I got to the end of that book and was like, "Yes, yes, yes!" I finished that book standing up. <laughs> I finished, I finished, that's, that's, I love that visual. I remember where I was when I finished that book. I yeah. was on my couch, just like, you know, just like laying down on it with my phone. Cause that's mm. how I read books. Just, <laughs> I was home alone. <laughs> so it was fine. Otherwise I would have had to like, that needed to be a moment just for Kelsey. Right. And it was right. But think about how enjoyable that story is, despite it having a more subdued protagonist, I would say. I would call her, subdued is good, <clears throat> what I would call her is flat. Flat, there, yeah. But what I appreciate about that uh, protagonist in me so you agree she's kind of boring right uh or do you not agree? not to not to me because i be, because of i can see her super linear um thought process the way she approaches problems the way she approaches each each event completely jives with the way i do things okay i think about things i think about things from from a threat based perspective way too often it's just fair i'm broken that way i think a lot of husbands do <laughs> Actually, I I suspect that when Wesley gets around to reading this book, he's going to have a different perspective of Vin than you do. So I'm fine with that. But to me, she was she was very flat. But what I appreciated mm. was all of the other amazing, strong oh, characters. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, We're going to get too far down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I just wanted to say that you called it. I called it. I, I, I called the I called the the end of Mistborn so at a at a certain point. Everything else about the story had no had no idea. This story have the opposite problem. I have no idea where it's going, oh, but so I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. Okay, that's basically. So it's driving you crazy. It's driving me. Yeah, the story is driving me crazy. So what you can't wait is for me to finish. A wise man's fear so you can tell me yeah i'm i'm Where really curious about how there's some events that happen in a wise man's fear and i'm just interested i'm interested to see to hear about how you how you uh how how these moments land on you okay but in terms of i i don't know if it's a consequence of the amount of revisions that rafis does if that's his skill, just the dogged, I'm going to keep going over this over and over and over and over and over again until every sentence is an art piece or whatever. Yep. And maybe that's what it takes because this book makes me not want to write sometimes. It may <laughs> because, yep. because I will idea dump. I do a lot of discovery writing around characters so i have a bunch of dis discovery written um sort of short stories if the olympics is the story i write a lot of single event 
single events without telling the whole thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, except when you're actually trying to finish something. I, I, and you, so you read my, you read my backstory. That backstory is a hundred percent because I knew how it ended and I was trying to get there as fast as possible. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When you put it that way. Yeah. That's that I was basically, it's like, I know how I know what happens at the end and I just need to get there before I, before it leaves my head. I do want to point out that you just made a very ex- like extremely vague reference to something. So, Oh yeah. Our monster of the week campaign. Yeah. We can talk about that for a minute. If you want, I have, I have very mixed, not mixed feelings about, I do have mixed feelings about my character. I think we all have mixed feelings. That's, that's, about that's the point. I think that's the point. But yeah, for those who don't know, monster of the week is a, is a role-playing game, not unlike D and D, but much simpler, but much simpler. There's no figurines or anything like that. It's all it's pure role play, like old D and D, I guess, before they released any materials for it. Uh, and yeah, we all it's in mid grade fantasy, so modern setting and things like that. But COVID nineteen is confirmed still a thing. COVID nineteen is confirmed still a thing. We did have a Zoom session. Which I'm pretty sure towards the end I was like nodding off. <laughs> oh, yo, you definitely were. You were you were just sitting right there wrapped up in this blanket, just like rocking back and forth. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because that's what Felix does in his head. He's just trapped in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I guess <laughs> circling back, my own writing feels so feeble in comparison. I have something that has three revisions on it. It's it is a short story, but it's a it's a backstory for for uh, a fair a few characters in the in the big thing that I'm writing, and it has, has had a few revisions. And I went back and read it. It's rough. It's still rough. There is a reason that I am so much more drawn to writing this screenplay with Megan than I am to novels, which I have been trying to do since I was probably 10 or 11 I've been writing. Um, there, and there's a reason, and it's because they don't have to be written well. They don't, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I get just, what you It's mean. a completely different writing style. So you're still able to tell your story. Mm-hmm. It's your brainchild or, mm-hmm. you know, a shared brainchild. Yeah. And it's going to be made into something beautiful. Yeah. But you don't have to try to compare yourself to Patrick <laughs> Rothfuss because it's impossible to do. And it makes people like me and you want to give up writing. So right. instead... Let's do a different type of writing. We'll uh, do screenplays. So here's so here's the other thing. Here's what gives me hope. What gives me hope is that this book is so beautifully written because it's a lie. So that's this book. Yeah, this the series. name of the wind. The name. Yeah, the series. Uh, the King Killer Chronicles. Okay. Okay. That was a beautiful sentiment you just made. Yeah. But regardless, 
it is still beautifully written. Oh, no, 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 no. I get yeah, Which means I'm not regardless, taking... I'm still mad about I, how well, well it's written. So when you go, go back and read the, <laughs> um, not the, what are those sections? The sections that are, that are basically the breaks in the story where they go back to the end. Those sections. Interludes? Yeah, interludes. That's what they call them. That, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. They, when they go to those sections, at least for me, those are seen. So if if it's if working at a looking at a super colorful painting, when you get to those, it's kind of like Guernica. Not like there's no no color, no texture, but it's like we in, you enter a different dimension almost, and like some of the like some of the colors being robbed from you. Yeah, like it's sure. just muted and more gray. And I think if the whole story, if he was forced to do the whole story that way, like part of the reason he's like, the only reason I'm getting away, maybe, so I'm, I'm impersonating Rafa's for a second because I'm going to dare to do that. It's like the only reason I'm getting away with it being this pretty is because I'm cerebrally inside this person's head who's going over their own story and wants it to be perfect. But something else to keep in mind that is made abundantly clear is that Kvothe, as an innkeeper, is miserable. Yes. So when you are looking at his present day life through his present day eyes, of mm. course, all of that color is going to be gone. They talk about it so often. And like that's Bass's whole thing. Mm-hmm. He essentially assaults the chronicler saying... You will make him happy yeah. by telling this story. I yeah. don't care how you do it, but you will because he is not the person that I used to know. Right. So that's what, like, present day is dull. Yeah. His life wasn't, probably. No, yeah. And that's, and that's, you actually are hitting on exactly what I mean, which, which it still reflects the tremendous skill of Patrick Rothfuss because he's able to make the story less interesting when it's in an interlude. And then because <laughs> like, no, no, now we're back in his, in his midlife crisis. So <laughs> when he is only like 24, maybe it, I thought he was 30. I nope. thought it, no, you're right. He says that he seems like he's in his thirties or it something. Seems, like and this is, I caught that my second go through. It says mm-hmm. a man who seems like he's in his thirties. And then a little bit later he says, actually, it seems like he's very far from 30. Yeah. So right. I'm guessing, I'm guessing, uh, low, low to mid twenties, 25 tops. Yeah. So, uh, which makes sense that it's, that it's a trilogy and not like an epic series where he's having to go over decades and decades of, of right. life. So, although, although I will say the 14 book series, uh, the wheel of time only takes place over three years. <laughs> I've been, this is the second time today I've thought about this because it's because you keep mentioning the wheel of time. I just want you to know, I still have a text message from you from Sunday, May 19th, 2019, Oh. where you gave me, no, no, no. You gave me all of those book recommendations. (laughs) I have never deleted, I delete my text threads because I don't want to look at them, but I always make sure, no, I cannot delete Jared's. Because my book recommendations are in there. I forgot that I actually enumerated all of them and then and then listed. We were at uh, we were at Vickery. Oh right. And I, I re- was like, man, I need some books to read. And you were like, 
I got you. I got you. They're all the same genre, but I'm obsessed now. I was actually surprised. I was looking at that text sometime last week because I I knew I still had it. And I was surprised that the King Killer Chronicles was not in there. When I wrote that, I was still messed up about the You were still, oh, you were still mad. I was still mad. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just wondering why I moved on. Because I did Mistborn immediately. Mm-hmm. And then I went off onto a different series of my own. And then I came back to this. I'm just wondering at what point where I made that decision. Because it obviously was not in Jared's list recommendations from a year I'm, ago. I'm guessing this is one of the most recommended books to get people to read fantasy that I know of. It had to have been you. I'm sure I, t- I'm sure I talked about it. I'm sh- I, and I'm probably told you it's the most beautifully written book. Cause that's what, you, what I usually tell people about it. It's like, I'm not going to tell you nothing about what I think about this book, but it's the one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read. That's, and that's usually what I tell people. And I leave it at that because I don't like going on rants about problems I have with books with people who are have an inkling that they might read it because someone did that with me with uh, Song of Ice and Fire and it didn't change how I feel about that series but it was all every time I came across something that that ref, that was a part of their rant it was like I was basically taken back to their rant every time. There's like sirens going off in right. your head. That's yeah. frustrating. It's like a forehead smudge on a mirror uh, on a window where you're like it, you're driving through Yosemite. Like it's like look at Yosemite and then you see the forehead smudge. And you're like wait oil a smudge. Yeah, it's like it's on the outside. Like <laughs> it's just like it's just annoying. <laughs> It's not. It's not ruining. It's not ruining. Except if Yellowstone it was on, for if you. If it was on the outside, your windshield wipers could get it. So these smudges are on the no, inside. No, because you're along for the ride. So you're in the back seat. You're looking oh, out the window. Oh, you're in the back seat. Big forehead smudge from the greasy you dude. You didn't specify. I didn't specify. This is why. Thinking, this is why I'm a terrible writer. I was thinking about being a passenger in the front seat, and how if it's on the outside, you just go, "Hey, can you flip on the windshield wipers?" But if it's in the inside, you're just like. Yeah. Trying to rub it off and you just make it worse. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. uh, <laughs> the best thing I could do was to basically just tell myself, okay, this person's wrong. <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. They're, they're not wrong because it's their opinion, but I had a completely different take on that series. There, and, the, and the rant was why the show is better than the books. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know if I will ever bring myself to read those. Yeah, they're rough because yeah. they're grimdark, which is a whole different. It's a whole. It's its own thing. Yeah, I'm reading. I don't a, know. I'm reading another grimdark series, uh, The First Law. It's just. It's like, yeah, this is. This is like that. Human life means nothing. <laughs> um. I think that we're we're at a good point. This is a this is a fairly long podcast, but we're at forty five minutes. Um, we can keep going. We can keep talking about the author, but we are going to pause because I have to go potty. <laughs> That's fine. I will do the same. Okay, so we're back. We just wanted to record an actual ending rather than just be me saying, I need to potty at the end of the episode. Maybe that would have been perfect. I don't know. 
but this has been so much fun. But yeah, this is this has been. I guess we're still calling it banter and ballyhoo. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one, name of the wind, and the beauty of prose. Thank you for listening. Bye.